in-depth and God-filled conversations with some of the brightest names in contemporary Christian music and worship. This is The Artist Interview with Gordon T. And welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview. I'm your host, Gordon T, and it's my absolute pleasure and privilege to scale the world of Christian music and worship and bring to you some really talented artists with great music and wonderful stories to share. And this week, I think we've got somebody that probably you might never have heard of. You know, often we bring big names and big sounds to this to the show. And this week, we just felt that nudge to go with something entirely different. And we've got a guy who, as normal, will have some great stuff to share. And we're really looking forward to hearing from him. So hold far, because just in a moment, we're going to meet Dustin Starks. And right now, this is his first track, See Like That. And I wanna And that was See Like That by Dustin Starks. Hey, Dustin, how are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Very well, very well, sir. Welcome to the show. Um, you know, here in the UK on the station I work on, we played See Like That uh, this week on the new music update. So just for those who may be listening on on recordings later on in the year, so we're, we're recording this in March, early March 2023. Uh, and this track is an absolute Beautiful track, really, really impressed us. And we thought, oh, we'd like to find out more about this guy. So you and I started chatting on social media, but, but I don't know you very well. And I'm guessing that quite a lot of the listeners, particularly here in, in Europe, where you've not been on a show before, may not yet know anything about you. It would be helpful if happy to just really for you to share your story, how you became a Christian, uh, what your background was like before that, and uh, how music got into all of, well, the whole of your life, I guess. You know, it really, really started uh, at a younger age. I've always had kind of a, a desire and uh, an eagerness to um, be involved in music. I mean, even at a young age, as as young as seven, eight years old, I was involved in in band in in our school, and uh, I played the saxophone starting out. Um, I actually don't know if I could still play the saxophone, but it's it's been it's been a long time. I don't know if it's like riding a bike where you take a while back and then you get back at it and you're like, okay, I've got this. But anyway, uh, so uh, I actually was not raised Christian. 
Um, I came from a split home where my parents got divorced around, I was about eight years old uh, when my parents got divorced. And that, that made uh, life a little difficult, um, a lot of the back and forth between my mother and my father. And um, it wasn't until I was about 15, maybe closer to 16 years old, that we started getting involved in our local youth group. And we started going to church a little bit more regularly. And it was, I was very intrigued by the idea of it all because it was all so foreign and new to me. And um, we went uh, to this uh, uh, Christian concert and it was just this moment where they were asking people like, if you don't know Jesus and, and you want to know Jesus, come, come up right now and, and we'll pray for you and we'll, we'll, um, uh, we'll invite you to, to get to know Jesus. And it was at the time I was like, you know, this is really exciting. I want to be a part of this. So I walked up there and that was probably the easiest thing I've ever done as being a Christian. Um, because, once you become a Christian, it's like, okay, now the process of sanctification and purification and the Holy Spirit enters you. And that's where the real work starts, you know? And so I started finding all of these things, things inside of me that I didn't even know was there um, from, from bitterness to anger, to resent towards, towards my father. And, and a lot of that translates over to my my relationship with my heavenly father as well. And I don't know if people fully understand some people, obviously that have gone through those situations. They, the, the impact that your earthly father has on your early adult um, life and the impact it has on your heavenly father and the way you perceive God and you see God um, just right out the gate. Um, um, apart from truth of who God is, anyway. And so I found myself really working through a lot of this stuff, but you know, the, the one thing that, that I love about it is that God is so patient with us. And there's times where I'm like, man, I would have given up on myself. I would have given up on me, um, a hundred times, but you know, God never gave up on me and he, he was always there. Um, and I have, I have a lot of friends who, you know, came in and, and stepped in and, you know, discipled me through, through a lot of those hard times. And um, I mean, even meeting my wife, uh, uh, my wife and I, we got married at a rather younger age. I was 19 years old. The first part of our, our marriage was pretty rough because I, obviously I was still working through a lot of these things. And there'd be times where my wife would try to get through to me. And I would literally just, you know, shut down. Um, I wouldn't talk to anyone. I would just put my head down and, and just be, um, it was almost as if I wasn't in the room. And one thing that my wife uh, is just amazing at is she, she doesn't give up on people and she would just, she would stay there with me, you know, in silence or, you know, sometimes maybe walk away and come back and, and then we discuss things and, it's, it's crazy to look back now. I'm 31 years old and to look back at where I was and where I am today and, and really just be able to encourage people that, you know, even though you might be in the midst of some of those harder times where, you know, your parents are split or, or whatever that looks like for you. And you, it's hard to see that the other side of that. And it's hard to think of, um, 
will I ever overcome some of these things that I'm struggling with and, and fighting through? And the answer is yes. Have I overcame everything? No, obviously not. But from when I can look back at where I was, you know, 10 years ago, um, even five years ago and say, I'm in a better place now. And my relationship with, with God, my relationship with Jesus, everything is, is stronger. Now I have a better uh, view and, um, uh, the, the truth of who my heavenly father is now compared to where I was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, just, just to encourage people that even when you're in the midst of that, there is hope on the other side. Wow. Well, it's funny you should mention it because this very weekend I'm going away to spend the whole weekend just looking at the father heart of God. So, and it's, uh, I've, and I've looked at it before, but I'm really looking forward just to receiving more of his love and seeing some breakthroughs for myself and also the other people we're going with uh, as Jesus just reveals um, more of more of who the father is uh, and our accessibility to him and the father, the way he runs with his arms open wide. It's great, isn't it? So yeah. I've got to ask if it's okay, because, well, firstly, I just want to say to listeners, there's probably some people listening right now who are part of a divorced couple and maybe have got kids themselves and are thinking, oh, no, I've I've trashed my my kids. Are my kids going to be going through this? It, what what should I do? How do I respond? What, what advice do you have for parents who, for whatever reason, maybe no fault of their own, uh, are actually in a situation where they're divorced and they've got kids. How do they show Jesus in the middle of that? You know, really, that's that's a very tough one because obviously every every kid is so different, and um, we all have our own filters and just um, circumstances in life that we all are going through. But I think the the biggest thing and the most important is just being there as a support system. And, and that's one thing that my father never was. Um, he was, he was not supportive. He was not involved. Um, and I think that's a big thing too, is just being involved. And, and I think if you have, if you, if you enter it with that approach, yes, it's, it's still tough on a kid, regardless of what you do, but that, that plays a big impact. And that would be, you know, super helpful to, to the kid who's struggling with, um, the back and forth of, of, uh, you know, a divorce or a split. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what's your relationship now like with your mom and dad? So my relationship with my, my mom is great. Um, and she actually remarried. I have a stepdad. He's, he's great as well. Um, my relationship with my dad, unfortunately, um, forgiveness, um, obviously I've, I've forgiven him. We've, you know, kind of moved on past that, but the reconciliation of it, um, unfortunately was never, um, a good thing. We, we kind of tried and it got to the point where it was starting to affect my kids. And that's when I had to step in and say, you know what, I, I forgive you, but at this point there just won't be the reconciliation. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, there's, there's always hope for the future, but uh, but it sounds like you're wise, particularly if it's impacting your own children, uh, that you need to take the steps to bring the situation to the, to the best point it can be at this time. But uh, that's, that's tough. Yeah, and that's, that's one of my, my biggest things as a father. I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old girl is I, I don't want them to struggle into their early adult life the same way that I did. I had, I had a lot of maturing to do and a lot of things that I had to work through that, um, my hope and goal is that, 
you know, they can enter into their early adult life with as much confidence as possible, you know, being uh, strong, godly women who um, love Jesus. And that's, that's my hope and goal for them. Right. I would think that's a great goal for for any any dad to have. So, so that's that's cool. And for yourself, then, when you've gone through this healing process, have there been things that you've gone? I need to change the way I think, or I need to change the way I parent because I've picked up and got these things that actually aren't godly in 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 this situation. Have you, have you felt challenged and gone? Ah, oh, I know I need to rewire a little bit. Very very much so, and um, I think. A lot of it is kind of, it's it's taught me as well just to to learn to be patient uh, with with kids because obviously they're they're learning so many things and they're they're dealing with emotions and and now we're starting to get into some of the teenage years where we're starting to deal with hormones and it's it's just being a support system for them and stepping in and um, guiding them in the right direction and I find myself in fact I was just talking with a friend about a week ago about um, being convicted because my my oldest daughter is starting to deal with some hormones and there's a little bit of a drama that goes into that. And um, so there was a day where she was being a little dramatic and I, I mimicked her. And then immediately that Bible verse about provoking your children to anger just popped in my mind. And I was like, oh, shoot, I should not have done that. <laughs> so it's one of those parenting fails where, you know, you do something just like we're human, we make mistakes, we do things. And then you look back on it and you think I, I should not have, although maybe she was being a bit dramatic, I should have stepped in and said, let's, let me support, let me support you. I know you're, you're struggling with something or you're, you're dealing with something. How can I help you? How can we um, work through this together. You know what? Just if it helps you, I've I've got a sixteen-year-old daughter, so so I can relate some of this, and and I actually also have a wonderful wife, and she is quite good at sometimes just very quietly quoting that verse to me. I'm going, yep, probably a very good point. So so yeah, yeah, it's it's it can be a complicated time, but absolutely, we want to make sure that um, we're being Christ in the middle of our parenting. Yeah, yeah. And, and also like, just kind of, you know, telling my kids, it's like, I'm, I'm so far from perfect. I'm not perfect. Like learning to, for, for them to have grace towards me as well. And, and to some extent, you know, that's the way I, I now view my father is that he is, he's human. He's, you know, just a sinful human who is not perfect and, that does that does not translate to my relationship with my heavenly father and who he is to me. And so obviously that's easier said than done. There's a lot of days where I still struggle with the the change of that where, you know, something doesn't necessarily go the way I had thought or planned. My first um, you know, my mind just kind of shifts to that, okay, well, if you were a loving kind heavenly father, then this is what you should have done. And it's like, no, that's not that's not the case. Um, in fact, I kind of just to, to elaborate on, you know, you guys played my newest track, See Like That, last week. And this is kind of just a cool little thing that, that God was at play in all of this. And it was really, really encouraging to me because that morning, I think it was Wednesday morning, that morning I was actually praying and I said, Lord, I, I just need some sort of I don't want to say sign, but just something to confirm 
that what I'm doing with my music, the amount of time and effort and money and energy that I'm putting into my music is actually where you want me to be. And literally that same day, you you messaged me about my song playing on a radio station over in the UK. And I was like, that is crazy. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where, you know, you know, that was totally God at play because I had no hand in that whatsoever. Well, you know, we love to try and follow nudges and, um, and it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. And I'm so glad to be just a little part of that confirmation of God saying, keep going. It's, it's good to invest in your music. So you mentioned, right, that age seven, you played saxophone, but you're not playing saxophone these days. What, what instruments do you play? So I play the, the guitar and I play the piano. I don't, I wouldn't say I play the piano super well, but I can, you know, figure out my way around it. Um, enough that if I'm in a live show setting, I could play the piano. Um, so when I was about 14, 15 years old, um, honestly, probably about 15, when I, around the same time that I started going to youth group, um, we, there was this young, uh, men's or boys ministry called team Berea. And the idea of that was we just get together every single month and we would just, we would seek God and, and fellowship and get to know each other. And it was just a, it was more for just, just guys. And, uh, at that point, um, I had a, a good friend of mine now who stepped in and started discipling me. And actually funny enough, it's my, uh, wife's brother, uh, so cool. Anyway, he, uh, he kind of stepped in and started mentoring me and, um, I showed a lot of interest in, in getting into music. And so that's when I picked up the guitar, I started learning, I just become a Christian. So I started learning a ton of new worship songs and I started getting into, um, being on the worship team and kind of being a part of all that, um, learn the piano a little bit. I, I wouldn't say I love the piano as much as I did the guitar. So I, you know, I kind of stuck with the guitar and it's been kind of my, my sole instrument now that I, that's kind of my go-to is when I'm, when I'm writing a song, I go to the guitar. Sometimes when I get in a rut where I'm in my writing, I'll switch to the piano. Uh, it kind of refreshes me a little bit. And then I go back to the guitar because I'm like, okay, this is my strong suit is writing on the guitar. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. I, I played the saxophone all the way in till I was probably about 14 years old. And then I kind of decided, I don't know if this is really an instrument I love. And, and so I kind of stepped away from that. And, um, at that point I, I stopped, I stopped doing band and I switched over to choir. Um, and I started working on more of the vocal side of things. Okay. Yeah. We sound like quite a multifaceted sort of guy. So, um, so which is always a useful thing, not just to be able to just do one of the things, but to bring a little extra into it all. So, Going back to when you were first going along to youth group, then the musical influences, who who were you listening to? Who did you think, wow, they're really cool? I listened to a ton of Hillsong. Um, I don't listen to Hillsong really nearly anymore like I used to. Um, but at the time it was Hillsong, um, maybe some like Matt Redman, uh, a lot of Switchfoot. I really liked Switchfoot back in the day. Um, a little bit of maybe like if you're looking at some of the more punk stuff like Reliant K's, that thousand foot crutch. Those are kind of the the artists I really started getting into when I when I became a Christian um, and just kind of fell in love with a lot of the different styles that there were. 
Okay, so so I tell you what, it's interesting to hear different age groups, the sort of things that they are. These are the ones that I like. So if you're early 30s now, it's going to be very different from the people that sometimes I speak to and they're going, oh, it's delirious. You didn't mention delirious, probably the first person in a few weeks to not mention delirious. <laughs> so um, yeah, and if you're scratching your head going, who's delirious? That would probably show, show your age. So um, <laughs> I, I actually do know who delirious is, but yeah. Um, Before your time. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've got another track to play from you. Uh, so the track's called Miss a Moment. Tell us all about this. What inspired you to write it? Uh, and what's your heart to achieve in it? Yeah, so um, this song, we actually, I started writing this right at the beginning of COVID. So everything was so up in the air. There's a lot of like, I don't know what's going on. And um, I was actually, I had a trip planned. I was going to Nashville. I was going to do some writing sessions with uh, Word Curb Records with um, uh, Tony Woods was one of the writers. He actually helped me write Miss a Moment. But Everything happened with COVID, things shut down, my trip got canceled, but I still ended up having the writing session. It was just virtual Zoom. And um, so the the idea and thought, so I actually um, was let go from my work for about a month and a half during when they closed doors and, and everything. And it was this weird time where we, my wife and I, we were, we were adding onto our house. So I was doing a lot of that work. So I, it actually, it was nice for me because it gave me the extra time to do that work. But um, I, I started having this idea of right now I have this extra time that I don't want to miss out on the moment I have and uh, miss whether that looks at like, you know, um, your relationship with Jesus, your time with your kids, your um, whatever that looks like. Uh, and so I started uh having this idea. And so I, I went into this writing session with uh, Tony Wood and another friend of mine, uh, his name's DJ Eichenberg. And the, the, the Bible verse that came to my mind was from, I believe it's Luke 10, where it's um, about Martha and Mary, Mary, uh, excuse me, where Jesus, you know, was, was sitting there and Mary went to the, the feet of Jesus while Martha's busy running around doing all the things. And just, that where Jesus says, Mary chose the right thing. Don't take that away from her. And so this, this idea and concept of miss a moment, you know, that, that was birthed. And so we went into this writing session and just started hashing out ideas and the idea and my hope and my goal, uh, through, through this is that, you know, people just stop, they take the time to connect with Jesus on a daily basis and to realize that, um, I mean, we're, our life and our days are just so full of different moments and you know even even as simple as your kid saying dad look at this and stopping to take the time to look at them and what they're doing or not missing out on those moments that are
And that was Miss a Moment by Dustin Starks. And I'm so pleased that Dustin is with us here for the artist interview. Dustin, thanks for all you've shared so far and for that great track as well. It would be wonderful if you're happy for you to pray right now for our listeners. Of course. Lord God, we just, we come before you right now, God, as just a humble people in your presence. God, you are so good and kind and gracious, and we are so undeserving of your love. God, right now, I pray that you just lift up the people that are listening, God, right now, that that they just may be encouraged and just know that you care for them and that you, you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross, that they might have a relationship with you, that they might know you deeper and the love that you have for us, God. God, I'm so, I'm so honored and humbled to just get to know you and to just be, just to be here and to, to have your presence and your Holy Spirit dwell within us, Lord. God, right now, may the words that we speak and the things that we discuss, may they just be edifying to you. God, may you just touch one life through this time that we have together. God, I just thank you and praise you for being such a mighty and awesome and great God, a God that cares for us so deeply. We praise you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dustin. Uh, if you're listening at home and you're not sure who this Jesus is uh, that Dustin and Gordon are busy talking about, just say, if you're in the UK, get along to www.findachurch.co.uk because there are so many churches that would love to help you introduce you to God's love. If you're listening worldwide on one of our partner stations, contact the studio and just ask them to point you in the right direction of a great church. So Dustin, what, what sort of church do you go to? So I go uh, to a church, it's called One Life Bible Church. It's a non-denominational. Um, I lead worship there and um, great church. We have about 100 to 150 people that show up on a regular, on a regular basis. Uh, so it's a pretty small little community, but we're kind of a tight knit little group that, um, I, I, in fact, our service yesterday was just awesome. And I keep l- reflecting on and just thinking about, um, what a great service we had yesterday. We, uh, actually we've been going through the book of John and, and yesterday we were on the resurrection of Jesus. And when, when Jesus, uh, came to Mary and, uh, Mary, did not recognize Jesus at first, but as soon as, you know, Jesus said her name, as soon as he said, Mary, she recognized him. And she was, she said, Rabboni. And she was just so excited, you know, clinging to Jesus. And, and so, um, so that's kind of where we're at in the, in the book of John, but just uh, a great church that I go to a ton of great people that we fellowship with and love my church body. So cool. So whereabouts in the States is it? So I am in Arizona. I'm actually in a really small town called uh, Snowflake, Arizona. Uh, Most people in the States find that kind of funny because Arizona is typically referred to as really warm. And I mean, we have Phoenix that has 120 degree temperatures in the middle of uh, the summer. Funny enough, we do get snow over here in Snowflake, Arizona. And this year we've we've had quite a bit I've been uh, taking advantage of it because we have that we we live just about an hour or so away from a pretty a pretty decent sized uh, 
a ski resort. So I've gone snowboarding twice this year and tons of snow up on the mountains. Uh, so it's been kind of a, it's been kind of a nice little thing to, to have the extra little snow this year. Oh, okay. You know, I, I, I did not know that you were going to have snow. So, um, so that is actually pretty cool. Although I, I Nashville, not that long ago had snowmageddon, didn't it? When it got totally snowed in, I suppose that's not so far from Arizona, is it? It's about a 30 hour drive from. So that's quite close then in American yeah. terms. Well, it's closer than driving from London. <laughs> 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 okay, so so my geography of the U.S. is is maybe not exactly perfect, but they are both down south. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, that's roughly what I was trying to get at. They're both <laughs> southerly sorts of places. So I'm busy tapping into Google Maps right now, so I can see how bad my geography was. Uh, well, okay, they're quite far apart, but they are <laughs> they are roughly the same height. Yeah. So um. So I'll give myself that. Okay. Anyway, so going back though to your song, Miss a Moment, I thought it might be interesting just to think about some of the moments that you're glad you haven't missed. So what's been your favorite moment with God ever? Mm, uh, you know, that's, it's kind of a tough one because my, my, as we, you know, kind of discussed at the beginning, I feel like my relationship with God has been been kind of a tough road. And I feel like it's only been within the last few years that I really feel like we've broke through some of the the tough things where it was, you know, God, just the process of sanctification and the process of purification and working through all these things. So honestly, I would probably say that, um, there, there was a moment where, um, it was right before it was right before my trip to, to Nashville. Cause I ended, I did end up going to Nashville again. Um, and you know, I was, I was praying and I was talking to God and I just, I just said, Lord, I, I just need you to be real with me. And I just need to be real with you. And I'm, I'm struggling with things and I've, I have a lot of hurt in my heart and a lot of, of just resentment towards my father. And I need, I need to just let that stuff go. And it was right around the same time that, um, I actually made the decision to not reconcile the relationship with my father. And it was, it was honestly, it was at that point that, you know, God, God shared with me that forgiveness is, is what's required. Like as Christians, we're called to forgive. And at that point, I would say I had not forgiven. Um, but that reconciliation is not always something that does happen. And it's not always something that needs to happen. Sometimes it's healthier to just to leave those relationships apart and to move on. And, and that was a tough thing for me because I always felt like I needed to reconcile that. I always felt like I, it was something I had to do and and not even just from a, a Christian perspective, but also just from that's my father and I, I need to reconcile this. But um, there, there was a moment where I was just at complete peace where I knew I need to forgive him. I need to just completely right now, I need to forgive him of everything. And I need to be okay with the fact that this relationship might not ever be reconciled. And that was probably one of the most amazing moments where I felt like I had a breakthrough, not only 
and just letting things go, but also my, my view and my, my vision of who God is as our heavenly father, I felt a little bit of a mind shift there where, um, I could view him in a different light and I could separate the two from my earthly father to my heavenly father. And I think that's a lot of people, a lot of times people don't fully understand how much we, as fathers, we play such a big part in, in leading and guiding our kids to their heavenly father. And so that's always my prayer every single day is God help me guide and direct and lead my kids to their heavenly father and point them that direction. And that's easier said than done. Obviously there's, there's times where I fail majorly as a father. Um, and my, my goal and hope is that, you know, obviously my kids have grace towards those times that I do fail and that I can also recognize when I fail and, and go to my kids and apologize to them and ask their forgiveness as well. That is definitely very cool. The, mo- the moment you got peace and uh, knew that the forgiveness was what God called you to sounds like a, a very memorable moment indeed. So you, you mentioned that your dad missed out on many moments. But for yourself, what what ways do you try not to miss the moments with your own kids? Yeah, and really, it's it's um, it's it's all about you know being involved in your kids' lives, and so even and and past and furthermore than just uh, being involved in the things that um, I'm excited about, but being involved in the things that they're excited about. So you know, if if I have one kid who's you know super excited about uh, softball or, or a sport, you know, getting, getting involved in that and, um, being a part of that. And so actually right now we're getting ready to enter softball season where, um, my kids both get into my oldest one's into softball softball, but my youngest one is still, um, in, they call it uh, machine pitch where we're at. So it's a machine that pitches the ball. And, and so my wife and I are actually both, um, going to be coaches this year for, um, their, their team. So I'm going to coach the oldest, my oldest, and then she's going to coach the youngest and we'll kind of tag team it and help each other out. But it's, it's finding the things that they're interested in and being a part of that. So it's not, it's not saying, well, these are the things I'm interested in and I want you to be a part of that. But I see that you're interested in, um, you know, gymnastics. So let's figure out how I can be a part of that and how I can help foster that. Um, and really that's what it comes down to. Wow. Absolutely. Sounds great. I bet they're going to have a great time playing in those games uh, and you, and you cheering them on, no doubt, as well as the coach. That's, that's fantastic. Thinking of missing a moment, uh, and ones that you're pleased not to have missed. Is there a moment when you really felt loved and accepted? Not by God. I'm going to rule out God. You're not allowed. You're not allowed. Uh, his love and acceptance to you is absolutely complete. But uh, but but from somebody else. Okay. Um, honestly, my wife. Um, every day, she is the most amazing, supportive. Um, she always. She she's so silly and goofy and it's one thing that i just absolutely love about her in fact everybody in our area and our community just always talks about how how silly and goofy she is she has um just a great personality where she always she's always witty always coming up with something something new and it's 
it's, it makes our, our house very fun and joyful place to be. Um, so I'd probably say of all the people, um, she'd probably be the one that make me just feel the most loved and accepted for who I am. That's well, it's a very good place to be loved and accepted in that relationship. I'm going to ask you a really difficult question. Seeing as what you shared and you shared really from your heart, um, none of these questions are pre-prepared. So um, I definitely am not trying to be mean, but you talked about forgiving your dad. And I wanted to ask, now, is there something that you can remember about your dad that you would say is a really positive memory? Say it was a positive memory? A really positive memory. Um, I would probably say, um, you know, I, I had a memory of, we were younger and we were with, it was still after the split up and we were with my dad and he actually, you know, he decided to just take us to um, Universal Studios and we were just like, okay, that's, you know, it was kind of random, but I, I remember the trip and I remember it was probably one of the most memorable times in, in spending time with my dad that was, um, positive for the, for the most part, there was, there wasn't a ton of like negative memories attached to that. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other times I was, I was with them. I have a ton of, you know, just negative memories. Sure. That, but you've got some positive ones there. That's yeah, exactly. Of just, of just getting to spend time with, uh, so I actually, I have a big family too. So I have, I have four, four, uh, blood brothers and then my mom and stepdad adopted eight more kids. So, there's actually 13 of us total. Wow, that's an enormous number. That's, yeah. that, that is probably a new record on, on the artist interview. <laughs> I, I, I've not had anyone said 13 before, so wow. Okay, so so does that mean that, that at certain times of the year you, you're all together for celebrations and stuff? Yeah, so we, we usually try to get together mainly around uh, Christmas really is kind of the big one that we, we all get together. And my, my parents' house is not super big, so we, we all kind of cram in there and and play games and have fun. And, and so we actually just got together this last year um, to, and had everybody there. And so, I mean, with between all the kids and the grandkids and everything, we probably have at least close to 30 people. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't imagine cooking for that number of people, <laughs> let alone thinking of what game. I can't even imagine a game apart from, do you know the game Sardines? Um, yes. That would work with thirty people, but probably not. Probably not very well in a small house. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Anyway, but it sounds like, and looking at your face, uh, that's that's a great lot of fun. This is the artist interview with Gordon T. I noticed in your bio that that it said you had Tourette's. Now I don't know an awful lot about Tourette's. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey with that and and how that impacts you uh, as a kid and today? Yeah. So. So Tourette's is kind of a, it's a funny thing. It's a, it's kind of like motor tics where your, your brain's kind of like misfiring and it's telling you to do things that are uncontrollable. So I, you might've even noticed through uh, some of the um, uh, interview today, or if you, you know, listen back where at times I maybe make uh, noises with my throat where I'm like, it sounds like I'm clearing my throat but it's actually a motor tick where it's an uncontrollable thing that I do sometimes. And it, and it changes too. Like there's times where I I'll blink a lot or there's times where maybe I do a, a little weird thing where I shift my nose or something. And it's, it, 
a lot of it is is kind of a stress factor and it, it plays off of that. So obviously the more stressed you are or things like that, they, it hypens up. Um, as a kid, I did not know anything about it. My parents didn't know anything about it. Um, when I say parents, I mean my mom and my stepdad, they didn't know anything about it. And they, um, so there were times where we'd be hanging out as a family and my, my brothers, uh, my four brothers would get so annoyed with me and they almost to the point where, you know, they're, they're super upset at me because I'm making these noises and I'm, I'm annoying them. But then I'm like, what noises? I don't know what you're talking about because in my mind, I don't even realize that I'm making them. And it wasn't until I was probably about 11 or 12 years old that we actually diagnosed what it was. But, um, it was, it was tough as a kid because even when I was in you know school, I was, I was dealing with, uh, teachers being frustrated because they thought I was intentionally being disruptive toward the class or intentionally trying to, to cause problems or just make noises just because I thought it was being funny. And I'm over here thinking, what noises are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm not even, it's, it's so much a part of who I am that I don't even realize I'm actually even doing it. And the cool thing is, is as I've gotten older, I've actually outgrown it somewhat. So my, my Tourette's with where they are right now are really, really super mild compared to what they were when I was, I was a kid. There was times where it was, it was really bad. And, and thankfully, you know, we, we got it figured out. And once, and once we were um, able to figure out what it was, it was easier to approach our teachers and, or for my mom to approach the teacher and just say, Hey, this is what's going on. And then, that helped tremendously. Uh, so actually, uh, my oldest daughter um, struggles and and has Tourette's as well. So it's it's been kind of a a good thing for her in the sense of I I know what she's going through. I can I can relate to it, and then also I can you know approach her teacher at the beginning of every year and just say, Hey, this is what's going on. She's not she's not trying to be disruptive to your class, like. This is, this is what's happening. And so um, thankfully for her, she has somebody who can relate and understand and know what she's going through. Yeah, absolutely. And just say, doesn't you, I hadn't actually noticed uh, any, any ticks or anything. So I'm guessing you, maybe, maybe you were aware of doing them, but I wasn't. And I've certainly interviewed loads of people and there's been plenty of people who probably do not have Tourette's who had much more struggles with different things as they've been going <laughs> through their interviews. So, um, so I, I've got to say it's great the way that it doesn't impact your, your life to a, a detrimental uh, point of view that you've grown through it. Um, and, uh, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're there to support your daughter as well, because clearly having someone who can empathize, understand, uh, and stand with her is going to be, well, she's going to look at you and go, Dad turned out all right, didn't he? So, um, so that's <laughs> going to be a pretty good encouragement. Brilliant. Um, so let's talk about your music then, because clearly you were praying about it, and then we've played some of your music and contacted you. So you've been putting a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of resource into it. What are you hoping God will do with it? You know, that's that's something that has really changed for me a lot in the even the last you know six to eight months. I. I always thought, or I felt like I, I had this huge calling on my life in music, and I still, I still do. But I think my 
my mindset has kind of shifted a little bit. And I mean, we'll kind of even get into that in, in the last track that you'll play where I've, I've kind of taken a step back and just said, you know what, God, wherever you want to take this is where I'm going to follow, whether it's just um, in my local community or, you know, on a radio station in the UK, uh, whatever that looks like. I mean, I, I am going to Nashville again this year, um, have a few writing sessions planned over there and, and some uh, networking events and things like that. So what comes from that? I d- I'm not sure. I'm, I'm in a little bit of a, a, a weird stage, probably from most people that you interview, where most people you probably interview have, have already been signed or, you know, in that, in that realm a little bit more so, whereas I feel like I'm kind of circling the outside where I have a lot of the connections and I'm, I'm networking and building those relationships, but there's nothing concrete at this point. And so, um, obviously if that's the direction God takes this, then I will follow where he leads, but I'm just kind of an, just open to wherever it goes. Okay. So I guess it's quite a lot of work though um because even just all the networking takes up time mm-hmm. and resource and and nashville you said it was 30 hours away and you were you must be a slow driver because it's 25 hours drive it's much closer <laughs> to nashville than you thought so in fact you can cycle it in six days so and they are obviously quite close together um uh so yes no i was wrong about where they are um but um anyway long distance part so you're going to nashville when are you going to be in nashville next so I will be there in the middle of May. I believe it's the 15th through like the 20th of May. Okay. So, uh, and when you're there, you'll be meeting up networking. Who who are you meeting? To, is, it, is it going to be networking event that's sort of formally organized just for people to come to? And they'll happen to be people from different agencies or how does it work? Tell us about that. So so I actually got invited over there by, um, uh, it's, it's like a networking um touring thing it's uh called extreme tours i don't know if you've ever heard of that um they kind of uh they put on these networking events where uh they're they're just trying to kind of get to know you and see if if there's somebody that they want to bring on board with them to tour and and be a part of their touring and then also they they involve a lot of different um bigger named people from like a and r reps different things like that just to try to get you um, established in relationships and stuff. So I actually, I have some connections with word curb and, and centricity, but nothing really concrete from either of those places, um, in the sense of like a record label, but I might, I might have some writing sessions over there with word curb while I'm there. I'm going to meet up with my contacts from centricity. And then I have that networking event. I have a couple different, um, songwriting friends that I'll, I'll meet up with while I'm over there as well. Okay. sounds quite exciting. So you never know what, God might open up so but it's worth it's worth pursuing just just to see um but obviously i'm guessing you're faithfully leading worship in your in your local church each weekend so you've yeah. got a place to an outlet for for your creativity and music skills do you, do you play your own music on a sunday service or do you normally play uh, other people's sometimes uh so most of most of my music is not super congregational um it's a little bit more so so i do uh i've written one song uh, for my church specifically that I've never recorded or released. So it's one of those songs that you only get to hear if you come 
to the church kind of thing. But most of the time we do a lot of like Shane and Shane, uh, City of Light, uh, stuff like that. Sure, sure. Okay, that's cool. And if people want to find out more about you, where do they go to connect? So if you go to my website, DustinStarksMusic.com, you could find everything there from my Spotify to uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I have music videos, uh, merchandise out there, uh, my my bio, all my contact information, email, phone number. So that way people can get a hold of me. And and that's I try to keep it all simple where they can just access all of that from one place. Cool. And I guess so if people want to book you, maybe to come to their church and do an evening and uh, do some ministry, that's the sort of thing that you can easily do. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, is that going to be mainly around sort of the Arizona area or do you, are you happy to travel further? So uh, we're, we're totally open to, to traveling further. Obviously there's the expense of everything that kind of plays into that a little bit, but uh, right now we do a lot in more just the Arizona area, but if you know that branches out further, we're totally open to it. Cool. That sounds that sounds possibly quite exciting. Okay, so we've got one more track to play from you. Uh, it's called "Giving Up." Now you mentioned just briefly that there's something about it. Tell us all about "Giving Up." Yeah. So um, you know, it's it's funny because you you hear "giving up" and you automatically think of like the the negative connotation that kind of goes alongside that, and you're like, well. Um, that that has a very negative um, feel just right from the get-go. But I, I think it's great because I, I love to take things that, you know, are, are have that viewpoint and just kind of twist it a little bit and give it a positive outlook. And so, so the beginning of the song really just, it talks about, you know, um, as a kid, I was, you know, I was told never to quit and never to give up. And, you know, even when things get hard, I'm just going to push through. And it's, and it's kind of in a sense of like a, a prideful, uh, like I've got this, I can do this on my own, um, perspective. And then it, it shifts in the course and you kind of have this mind shift where it's like, okay, God, I'm actually giving up to your will and I'm choosing your will over mine, you know? Um, and so, so the whole point of the song is is not giving up in the sense of, you know, um, giving giving up on what you're pursuing or giving up on whatever it is you're going through in life in general. But you're, the whole point is just giving up and letting go of what you're holding on so tightly to, and instead clinging to the will of God and letting Him work through that situation, and letting Him, um, His will, go before you. That was Giving Up by Dustin Starks. A lovely guy. What a real heart to be just, you know what, so down to earth, just wants to be the best daddy can be. Uh, and what, a, what an encouragement and what a turnaround in his life. 
that Jesus has made. And you know what? There are many other interviews you can listen to. Just go onto your favourite podcast platform and search up The Artist Interview. It's been my pleasure being your host today. I'm Gordon T. I look forward to joining you on the next episode of The Artist Interview. God bless you. Bye-bye.